Welcome to the Power of Being You podcast, where we interview people who are out in the world creating change by being authentically themselves. Come along with us as we discover tips and tools that you can use to shine your brilliance even brighter. I'm Sarah Grandinetti, and I'm excited to explore the power of being you. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Power of Being You podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Grandinetti, and today I am joined by the beautiful Mary Case. A little bit about Mary. She's an Access Consciousness Certified Facilitator, an energetic body worker, a retired elementary school music teacher, a violinist, triathlete, can't wait to hear about that, and much more. Her passion for teaching, music, sports, and more, recently working with kids and adults labeled with ADD, ADHD, OCD, and autism on the autism spectrum disorder has taken in many different directions, including world travel, com- competitions, and tours. As an X-Men facilitator, which is one of the specialties in Access, uh, Mary encourages people to look beyond labels to the gifts and brilliance of being different. Mary's superpower is your capacity for play in the area of nonverbal communication and in the energetics or creation. Welcome, Mary. Thank you. I am delighted to be here. So um, thank you for being here. I, I uh, was told by a friend about um, a story of a miracle that uh, you created um, with your ask and your being and the Access Consciousness tools. But before we get to that, um, because I was I was like, yes, let's have her on. I would love the world to hear about that. Um, And what contribution can I be to get that out there even more? Um, But I'd love to hear about what first like intrigued you about looking at like the nonverbal communication of people and also, you know, the labels, because like I had a conversation with my 15 year old yesterday and she's like, mom, I think I want to be a therapist. And I was like, okay, tell me why. And she's like, I'm just so intrigued by how different everybody is. And that was her idea of how she could get into that. So I'm curious, like what it's been for you. And like, when did you know that you were a gift in that area? Well, it was more falling into it, like specifically looking at the nonverbal piece. I never really got that it was always there. So 37 years, I was teaching elementary school music. And when I look back on that, I see that probably 90% of what I was communicating with students on a daily basis was actually nonverbal. And then one day I noticed it specifically when I started to get that the children were responding to whatever I was asking before the words actually came out of my mouth, which was super cool. So I started to really look at that and I thought, wow, what else is going on here? Like, how much are we communicating non-verbally? And if I actually talked less in the classroom and just trusted that non-verbal piece, I'm, you know, I was curious what would change and shift. So it became kind of a playground in my last five years of teaching. Um, simultaneously, I was doing the work with the X-Men with Access Consciousness, which is looking at ADD and ADHD and autism spectrum and everything in between. And that piece of nonverbal communication is a big part of the information that we talk about. And then around the same time, one of my um, clients for bars asked me if I would come and see her daughter who was nonverbal autistic. 
and actually labeled nonverbal catatonic, which means basically she didn't leave the room. As a younger child, she did, but now she was a young adult. She left the room for whatever might be required, you know, the bathroom or to eat. But basically, she never left the room, never let anyone come into the room, and had no interactions other than with her mom. But her mom didn't tell me this. I just said, hey, I'd like to meet your daughter. And she said, sure, we can do that. And so I went to visit her daughter, and I no one told me otherwise. So I just walked into her room and sat down on the bed beside her. And I just sat there. I didn't really say anything out loud. I sat there, I put my hand on her head, um, and I knew that there was something really incredible going on. I didn't quite know what that was yet, but there was some kind of communication. And what I started to see, I thought, this is really interesting. And her mom observed that she was like much calmer after I would visit. I said, okay, well, let's explore this a little bit more. So I would visit her a couple of times a week. And we would sit there and we would have conversations, just like you and I have a conversation with words out loud. We would talk. We just have conversations. Hi, how was your day? What's going on? How's your body? And I thought, wow, this is really you know, at first it was kind of like freaked me out. This is really strange. And then I was getting like, yeah, where are words actually a limitation? Do we actually require words? I'm I'm like on the edge of my seat to tell me more. Um, how, so how old was this girl? So, and, I, and her mom said it was fine for me to use her name. Her name is Serena. And if you are tapping into this conversation you and I are having and listening afterwards, you will be aware of her presence. Mm. Okay. So she knows she has, we have this energetic communication now, even though I'm like five kilometers away, she's present with this call. So at the time she was around age 20, 19 or 20. Wow. And we've been working together for five years. Um, they had caseworkers for her that was not successful, often resulted in, you know, violent outbursts or, you know, just not positive interactions. And so when her mom was telling the caseworkers about what was going on with me and how she was responding to me, and um, also the psychiatrist that she worked with, they said, can we see what she does? Like, what mm -hmm. does she do? So I said, well, I can't really explain what I do. It's not like a doing, it's a being. I said, but you're welcome to come and watch. This was maybe like a year or two into consistently visiting her. So there, the door was open just a little bit and I had like this posse of people outside the door, like watching, what does she do? So if you were observing, you would see that I would sit down on the bed and put my hand on her head. That's really what you would observe. And we had reached a point where... Um, the psychiatrist was able to come into the room. So I talked to Serena and, and sometimes I would talk out loud. It wasn't always nonverbal. And he came in and he was observing and what he could see, even though she would like cover her ears always or didn't want any stimulation, he could see that there was activity behind the eyes, mm. which I found very interesting. Yeah. And I said, I said to them, I said, okay, watch how her body, I mean, she's my teacher, right? She taught me about breathing. Mm. and meditation because wow. it requires you to be totally present wow and what so what they nonverbal, but what is her diagnosis like from this reality in this reality would be nonverbal autistic okay and, and she was that since birth she's that since birth 
Yeah. Okay. There was a point in her life where she did speak and then she went through some um some experiences. Her her father passed and she went into what they call a catatonic state, which means she just didn't respond to anything. I mean, um, you know, energy workers would get that there was a period of time where you kind of exit, you know, and then return to return to the body. So there was a lot going on there. Yeah. With her. But we were able to, I mean, with X-Men, we talk about the zone. Everybody has this zone. So essentially, she and I were able to come together in the zone and communicate there. It's similar. You hear about animal whisperers. Yeah. It's not that strange. When the psychiatrist came to visit and, and he wanted to know what I was doing, that's what I said to him. I said, well, you've heard about the animal whisperer. I said, I'm on the I'm the autism whisperer. I love that. That's and, awesome. You know, he, he was great. He's great. He says, perfect. And so he um, actually prescribed that I would be his caseworker, her caseworker, sorry. Oh, that is so cool. So yeah. um, I would love to, well, let me ask you this. How is Serena today? Like what, how is she oh, doing? Well, this is the miracle of, of Serena. Yeah. I mean, still like when you see her, you would know that she is uh, nonverbal. She doesn't talk at all. Uh, occasional little sound, but basically doesn't talk, um, you know, um, an awkward awkwardness with um eye contact although that has really improved there used to be like zero eye contact and now there is some and uh, about a year ago she came to the door when I went to visit her and she had her shoes she was telling me she wanted to go out and she hadn't been out for more than four years oh my at all at all I said okay purple converse shoes we're doing this right and her mom is just fantastic her mom bought her these shoes and her mom knew she would get to here. Like she, she just knew. Wow. Um, and the thing is, and I will get to where she is now. The thing is for that four year period, neither her, myself or her mom had any point of view about her being in a room. Never made it wrong. Wasn't a problem. When I communicated with Serena, I was saying, let me know, honey, when you're ready, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. You want to go out, want to go to concert, just let me know. Wow. And that was a conversation we had for four years. Wow. And then one day, it just one day chose something different. Yeah, just a choice. Exactly, Sarah. Like one day she chose something different. She showed up at the door with her shoes. I said, okay, I guess we're going somewhere. We went for ice cream. Wow. And how did she do on that adventure? Amazing. Yeah. You know, I had to guide her. She hadn't walked a lot outside. So I would hold her arm and guide her into the restaurant or the, it was like a Dairy Queen in Canada. We have Dairy Queens. Yeah. And um, we had ice cream and then I took her home. And then ever since then, so it's been close to a year. Wow. I mean, I'm also just looking at like, <clears throat> you know, just going outside. That's like one step, but the miracle continues with every step like the the stimulation of the car the stimulation of the drive the stimulation of a restaurant like like that's so incredible um I'm in a bit of a beyond like because I can perceive all of it going yeah. through you know wow yeah, it is, is incredible and, and and I can see why it would take four years to make that courageous step yeah. to go out yeah. and then she's like okay I'm ready and then and so, we just started layering experiences from there Tell me more. What does that mean? Well, the next week we tried a restaurant for pizza that I knew was quiet. 
And I knew the staff and I let them know we were coming. I said, we're going to try this. I said, you know, if we have to leave, I'm not running out without paying the bill. I'll be back. We're going to give this a go. And they were so kind and so amazing. The restaurant's called Palisade. It's in north north part of London, Ontario. And they were great. They were just this space of, yeah, we're so happy that you're here. And um, so she had pizza. Wow. And we took her home. And then uh, a good friend of mine, actually, I used to teach him. Paul Luftenegger is his name, and he's a singer-songwriter. He was doing a concert at a church. And so I knew that would be a really safe environment. We sat at the back of a small, small church and listened to his beautiful music. Wow. And that, you know, worked really well. And now we have evolved to, she has attended um, a bars class. Wow. And um, a foundation class with her mom. And she's coming for a three-day body. Wow. Mary, that's incredible. It is incredible. And when it she is- when she touches the body, when she touches the body, wow. Yeah. There's no words. Wow. The 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 thing that I'm like like excited to ask you and talk about is is a little of the the opposite side of this coin because I think a lot of people are willing to look for possibilities, not everybody, but um when there's like some diagnosis or something wrong, like help me do something different. And I'm wondering if you can talk about like back, you know, when you said that as a music teacher, you started to realize that you were non-verbally communicating. Were all those kids X-Men that you were teaching or were they? A large majority, because it was an arts school, I would say a large majority of them would be X-Men, not all of them. but But diagnosed? But no one was diagnosed. It was like okay. a, normal, a normal school, um, okay. like an elementary school. And then the um, the kids came and auditioned for the program and came in grade five. Cool. Um, I'm curious what you can speak to. So I do parenting classes regularly. And um, I, it wasn't until I started to use the access tools, like actively as a parent, that I start, start to see like how much of what, I can be aware of with my kids is nonverbal. It's not what they're saying, you know, and a lot of us are like, oh, I can, you can pick up on the kid's attitude or the kid's happiness or their, or their sadness or those kind of things from like the way this reality would die, would um, speak to, I guess, awareness of your child. Um, But I would love if you would uh, expand this like into that nonverbal thing that we can all be um, with children and with each other that, um, how would somebody even start to kind of look at this if you could put that into words? I know it's wild, a wild question, but. Well, I think it starts with just noticing how much you actually do that. Like, you know, when your kids have had a bad day before you actually have a conversation, maybe even like they're coming home from school, you haven't even seen them yet. Mm. There's some kind of communication that's taking place there. You know, you pick up the phone. I was just thinking about you. Mm-hmm. Well, that's actually, yes, you were thinking in your brain, you were thinking, but something, there was some kind of energetic exchange prior to that phone call. You know, so we are all the time communicating non-verbally. Yeah. And how do you get, is it just a demand to trust that awareness? Because I can hear the heads of those listening and being like, well, it could be that I was aware, or maybe I just saw you know, um, their face when they walked in, maybe I, you know, does that make sense? 
Yeah, totally. And it is it's absolutely trusting it, like noticing it and trusting it. And I mean, you can ask, is it relevant? For some people, it's like, yeah, whatever, you know, it's not necessarily relevant. And then for others, when you're really willing to look at it, it, it just adds another level of, it's almost, I'm going to say ease. There's much more ease with nonverbal communication because there's nothing, um, there's no agendas. Yeah. And can you speak a little bit about, because you said you said that most of your communication with Serena was nonverbal, but that there were words sometimes. And I just saw where um, you don't have to give up the the words in order to have the nonverbal, but you just showed me a place where I could use a lot less words if I was willing to have the nonverbal. Yeah, a combination of both. So it doesn't mean that you're not going to talk. You know, maybe someday we'll evolve, like hundreds of years from now, maybe we won't have language. Maybe our language will be nonverbal. But right now we live in a verbal world. So I always, in working with my students in the school system, I always communicated verbally. And then the power was in the nonverbal. You know the teacher stare. Like you know that. Or the mm -hmm. parents stare, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. That's nonverbal. Yeah. It's the look. <laughs> it's the look, right? How much are we communicating? And that's part of the nonverbal. Can be when through facial expression and communication. That's another area of communication. Like you said, you know, when you see your kid yeah. that something's wrong, that's also a form of communication, which yeah. is nonverbal. Yeah. Um, what do you know about uh, the parents that X-Men kids chose? <sighs> the parents that X-Men kids chose are incredible. You know, I have three beautiful X-Men young adults that I've raised and am raising. And um, they knew what they were doing. Yeah. And Serena knew what she was doing when she chose her mom to raise her. Um, there is, it, it's not always easy. You know, when we look at look at the stories of, of you know, families struggling with autistic children and and it doesn't have to be like a full-blown autism spectrum disorder diagnosis. It can be an obsessive compulsive behavior, or it can just be where the child doesn't quite know how to fit in. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that it's easy. You recognize, you know, your, ch your child has something special. You know, they have a capacity. It doesn't mean it's easy. Yeah. I just like... Um when I'm doing these interviews, I'm constantly tapping into like whoever's going to listen to it, you know? Yeah. And, um, I just saw where like, um, parents could create more ease if they acknowledge themselves as being chosen by the kid, you know, like a lot of us don't do that and access consciousness invites us to look at choosing our parents. And because I have a few friends who have, um, kids on different varying levels of the autism spectrum. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like they, like their capacity to communicate non-verbally, to pick up on what their kid requires, like is so incredible and amazing. And I'm like, and I, sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, like I have kids, I have one that has like mild form of OCD and one that is on a slight scale, like she's on an IEP um, for autism in school, but nothing really extreme. And sometimes I'm like, I, like, I don't know if I could deal with it. Like I probably could. Right. But when I see what my friends are capable of, I'm just so, so amazed and in awe of 
that specific parent with that kid and how acknowledgement actually gives us more empowerment to look at tools like this. Yeah. And the more that the parent is willing to acknowledge what an incredible gift they are, Mm. you know, and it's not, it's not random, you know, you are a gift as a parent. Yeah. And the more you're willing to see that gift and, you know, sometimes we get it. Sometimes we don't, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah. And the more you're like, say, yeah, I am freaking amazing as a parent, the more you're willing to like claim that, own it, acknowledge it. Right. Um, That actually shows whoever you're working with shows your kids something. Wow. So what would you say, Mary, um, to parents and teachers, like, like what, what would be your ask of them? If you could change anything in the world, what would you ask for in regards to Well, the word that keeps coming to me is congruent. Mm. So like, what would it take for us to be congruent? And what I mean when I say that is that whatever is being communicated non-verbally is actually congruent with what we're saying out loud and the way we're choosing to live our life. Mm. And what would it take to have that that congruency all the time? Mm. because our 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 beautiful x-men kids and you know i say kids we're we're all x-men we're all on the spectrum somewhere mm-hmm. um get very confused yeah. when what is communicated non-verbally is not matching behaviors and also not matching what's coming out of your mouth mm. i love it because that that goes for everything really you know Um, I can't like the way I was raised, like they would say one thing and do another always, (laughs) you know, and so you didn't know whether you were to look at what they were doing or look at what they were saying. And it was, it was confusing even, even, you know, and I was one of those people when I heard about X-Men, the special data access consciousness, I was like, well, I'm not one of those. Like, I'm not like that. Like, and I, and I don't mean in a bad way. I mean, like, I, I'm probably not that capable. (laughs) And then I started to see where I was and I was like, wow. Like, and, and where that confusion as a child came from what those capacities actually always were, you know? Yeah. So, um, I love that ask. Thank you so much. Um, so to wrap up our show, I always ask the same question. So I'm asking of you, my friend, um, the show is called the power of being you podcast. If you were to write the show's description, what would you say the power of being you was? The power of being me as in me or in general, whatever, however you want to answer it, my friend. <laughs> The power of being you is something really authentic. I mean, it's going back to that word we just said congruent, where you are actually living your life in a way that feels congruent with how you would like to live your life. So you're not in this constant conflict. So that's being you, right? There'll be a sense of peace and ease, at least in my body. There'll be a sense of peace and ease. And also those around me when I am being me. Wow. That's cool. That's also like a really great, um, when you see the peace and ease that your congruency can create with everybody else, but no one's ever said that before. And I've done a number of episodes. Thank you. Um, so Mary, if, if people want to get in touch with you, see what you're creating, um, where will they find you? Ah, there's so many places to find Mary case, Mary case energetics. There's a beautiful website at www.marycaseenergetics.com. You'll find me on Facebook. There's a Facebook page for Mary Case Energetics. There's 
really nice um, X-Men, like little mini, if that's an, of interest to you, little mini sound clips on SoundCloud. And there's some on YouTube, some YouTube videos. So basically, Google Mary Case Energetics, you will find something cool that works for you. Awesome. And it's spelled exactly as it sounds, Mary Case. <laughs> M-A-R-Y-C-A-S-E-E-N-E-R-G-E-T-I-C-S. Mary Case Energetics. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode and um, sending you so much contribution for everything you're creating in the world. And I'm really grateful you're out there. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, Sarah. And back at you. I'm so grateful for you. And it's mm -hmm. been really a delight to connect in this way. And I love to talk expense. Awesome. Maybe we'll have you back for that as well. A different like spectrum conversation would be cool. Oh, yeah. We have lots of conversations. <laughs> Cool. Okay. Bye everybody. We'll see you next time on another episode of the power of being you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the power of being you podcast. If this conversation has been a contribution to you, please share, subscribe, or leave a review for more information about being you or to learn more about the amazing tools of access consciousness. You can go to www.accessconsciousness.com. How much fun can you have exploring the power that comes with truly being you?